bitterly, and she was still angry. Downstairs in the kitchen, Mop and Muddle, the terriers, scuffled eagerly at her toes, and Darcy, golden, elegant, and lurcher-languid, yawned and smiled his way out of his basket. Darcy was a sofa hound, her father always joked, bred to get to the sofa first. He had been found as a puppy, tied up with a piece of string, his skin raw with mange, and his ribs stark through his matted coat. The careless, ignorant cruelty of it had tugged at Bramble's heart, and Darcy had come home to the scruffy warmth of Lorendon. If anything was wrong, Bramble told herself, the dogs would have known. She struggled with her boots. She must get a new pair, but the farrier's bill came first and letting the dogs burst through the door ahead of her, she stepped out into the damp silver light of a September dawn and walked to the stables, the triumph of the Victorian Beaumonts. Bramble's great-grandfather, who had been a gypsy, Cornish, or was the illegitimate son of a duke, depending on which family legend you believed, had won a large sum of money on the horses as a young man and had bought Lorendon to turn it into a stud. With the real gentry out of his reach, he married the only daughter of a wealthy local solicitor. They, too, added their legacy to the house, planting the orchards to ensure an income, creating gardens and building stables that would have befitted a much larger establishment. An Edwardian Beaumont wife had insisted that the house be updated, adding a bay window to the drawing room and a bathroom wing with a spacious cloakroom below. This bathroom had a high, claw-footed bath set on a black-and-white floor and still smelt of talcum powder and linoleum. Bramble's mother had added another bathroom suite in avocado green in the sixties. This, like the rest of the house, was a time capsule of its age. The stables were near the house, through a wooden gate in the garden wall, and were built of red brick in a U-shape. A hayloft and dovecot, now a flat for the groom, commanded the centre block, with a weather vane of a racehorse, Mountain Rocket, the one whose winnings had funded the house's purchase, on top. It had been a progressive design in its day. Each horse was in a loose box with a view, rather than tied up in a narrow stall. And inside the stables... There were iron mangers, stone water troughs and cobbled floors sloped for easy drainage. The high roof, in Kent Peg tile, was designed for maximum ventilation on hot summer days. Outside, Bramble's father had installed a sand school and a big metal horse walker. As Bramble went through all the familiar routines, running an eye or a hand over each horse to check that nothing had happened in the night, and portioning out the feeds. She expected her father to appear, complaining and snuffling as he always did first thing in the morning. "'Have you seen Edward?' she asked as Donna, the groom, came out of her flat, rubbing last night's mascara out of her eyes. Donna's bleached blonde ponytail bobbed as she shook her head. "'I've only just got up. Bit of a heavy night. Sorry.' Most of Donna's nights were heavy. She worked hard and played hard. 
Bramble measured out the feeds almost on autopilot. Competition mix in the blue bucket for the horse that was still eventing, and a quieter barley blend in the bright green bucket for the mare who'd bucked her owner off three times that week. There were other buckets, purple, lilac, pink, orange, and yellow, each allocated to a different horse. Nine horses in all, not counting the pensioners or the youngsters in the field who hadn't been broken in, bringing the count up to fourteen. Bramble tied up a small hay net in each stable to keep the horses occupied, while Donna mucked out, piling up the steaming manure on the muck heap at the back and sweeping the whole area until it was sparkling clean. Edward wasn't in the kitchen, so she went upstairs to his room. He was always up by seven o'clock at the latest, and usually much, much earlier than that.